Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Our caller on the phone line right now joining us on the show, the Roman guest line, is Jim Sinus of NumberFire.com. Jim, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great. How are you two doing tonight? We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're trying to win our bets. Trista early in this show. Um, yeah, you know, did, we're, we're sweating out the wrong. under, and it was the first quarter of the game for just starting. She said, "This under is definitely going to hit." And since then, we have never it's seen a live total that tough, uh, that high that uh, looks good it to was us. So bad. It so was one of those things. I was a mush. It was a mush, mush, mush. So hopefully, we can uh, <laughs> we can use you to get some some value and some good plays here in this slate of NFL games. And what is it, week 13? Yep. Man, yeah. time is flying. Let's start with the Thursday game. Uh, I have a play on this game, and I feel like the number is going to continue to move up. The Dallas Cowboys take on the New Orleans Saints on Thursday. We'll, of course, be here. That game kicks off at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and now when the total is 47-and-a-half. Dallas, at least they know who's going to play quarterback. Stack Prescott. <laughs> Um, the Saints, Trevor Simeon, no. They said we're going to go Taysom Hill. Then they come out today that, oh, we don't know if Taysom Hill is going to be the starter because we want to see how his foot does. What's the word with the Saints, and what are they going to do at the quarterback position? And do they have a chance of covering this number, four and a half against Dallas? Because I don't think so. I don't think so either, personally. And mostly because I just like Dallas a lot. I think that they're a tremendous team. My numbers have liked them for a very long time. So it's mostly a preference for me towards Dallas as it's something where I'm against New Orleans. Cause honestly, like, I'm not sure how much of a difference it makes if it's Trevor Simeon versus, um, you know, Taysom Hill, because you look at the numbers for Trevor Simeon this year, they're actually very similar to what Taysom Hill did last year. Yeah. And Taysom Hill had Michael Thomas last year, and he doesn't have that this year. So I honestly feel like it's a pretty lateral move. Once it was no longer Jameis, it was a downgrade. But going from Simeon to Hill, probably a slight upgrade, but not enough to the point where I want to adjust things too much. So I've had this like as the Cowboys by 5.2 points. So to me, not enough value for me to actually bet the Cowboys, but also I do think that they have a, a good chance of covering this number. And just like that offense, it, when it's when it's fully healthy and hopefully Amari's able to play, like that's it's really hard for me to bet against them. Jim, I know this probably isn't very relevant for this weekend's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I... I've been thinking about this, and I really just don't have an answer. I'd love to get your thoughts. Like, I do not understand the love affair, this love affair that people have with the Rams. Why, despite not winning a single game in the month of November, are the Rams still the number two betting favorite to win the Super Bowl? They're sexy, Trista. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's pretty short. Number two to win the Super Bowl, to me, is like – pretty far. I think that I understand the lumps they've had recently because you look at their early schedule, they faced a lot of soft opponents. And so it makes sense. You could have predicted before the year that the Rams would open things up on fire and then have a lull mid year. And now is where things open back up a bit again with the Jaguars. So I get it. I think that putting them number two though is kind of just overlooking this most recent stretch. And I don't think you can because like, it's easy to understand. Robert Woods is a legitimately very good player who who impacts multiple aspects of the game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, not at full health right now. So when I run my, my power ranks, the NFC, they're not near the top right now. I've got Arizona up there, Tampa Bay, Dallas. Like I personally like hand ranking. I'm not going based on my numbers. I put those teams above them. I put the Packers above them. So 
They've got a bunch of losses at this point, which means the one seed is a bit tougher to get to. They've got a tough path. They've got some legitimate concerns between the Woods injury with Stafford not being fully healthy, where I think having them be that short to me, automatic stay away. And I think that it potentially could open up other value in the NFC future market. Jim, I'm looking at some of these other questionable lines right now in the NFL, and I have to start with this one. Cincinnati Bengals against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, part of me thinks, okay, we're overvaluing the Bengals a little bit because they beat up on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Ben Roethlisberger stinks. Like, we know that. He can't move. He should probably use a wheelchair out there. He should probably just be calling the game instead of actually playing in the games. But then I look at this Chargers team, and I saw them against Denver, and I've been watching them all season long. They are not a good football team. Like, they are, <laughs> they are just really bad. And that's a team that I've kind of fallen in love with the premise of what they could be. Justin Herbert's incredible. Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen. You got Austin Eckler. All these weapons. And that defense, of course, is stacked, too. But they just cannot put together a full game of football. They're three-point dogs this weekend. And I still would pay the juice, minus 115, to go with the Bengals. And I, the Bengals have burned me a couple times. They had a little lull throughout the, early, or the middle of the season. But the Chargers are just that, that bad in my mind to where I do not trust them at all. Yeah, so Quinton, your Bengals are my Chargers because I constantly lose money on the Chargers. So I feel you from the opposite side of this game. And, like, my stuff does does still like the Chargers, but, like, I'm sure that you have situations like this where you think, okay, logically, this number shouldn't be here. Like, for me, this is like last week with the Titans and Patriots. Like, it was a seven-point spread. That felt too big, but I couldn't bet it because there were so many things working against Tennessee. And I kind of feel similar with this Chargers one where, like, I don't think they should be a field goal underdog but it's also so hard for me to have confidence betting it because, I mean, Joe Mixon has shown recently that he could be a very efficient running back. Yeah. We know the Chargers are going to struggle to stop him. So I can so easily in my mind envision a scenario where the Bengals come out, they lean heavily on Joe Mixon. If they have to pass, they certainly can because Jamar Chase can match up against anyone. T. Higgins playing better now than he was earlier on this year too. So although I, in my stuff, like the Chargers, it's so hard for me to actually – pull the trigger on it and actually bet them because I can so easily envision a path where they just get dominated up front in this game. And, you know, maybe they're just, uh, they never have the football and stuff like that. So I, I, you know, I've been on the charges a lot this year. It hasn't always been super fun to be that way. And I think that given the way this specific matchup aligns where Mixon's playing good football, the offensive line's actually been pretty decent too. I think that that's enough where I think to me, this game as a whole winds up being a stay away. You know, it's interesting that you say that because when I saw the Patriots uh, line against the Tennessee Titans, it was six and a half and I jumped on it immediately. I mean, especially with AJ Brown and his injuries, and he's been going back and forth. You know, no Derrick Henry. Julio Jones has been out. They've even had issues on the offensive line um, yeah. with Taylor Lewan. And so, to me, on uh, mentally, I thought, oh, wow. Well, you know, I can see the Patriots absolutely dominating the Titans just because of how much they're clicking on offense and defense. But you're right. I think what's happening is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, or I guess give me your thoughts about we imagine it when we see these lines – these teams the most dominant that they've ever been all season. Right. Like, we imagine the Chargers in week four versus the Chargers in week 10. Is that that what's happening that's keeping us? When we see these lines in our our emotions or our mental side of it says, I think that this line is too big or I think this line is too small, is that what's happening? Well, I could definitely see that because the big big shiny moments stick out in our brain. So with Tennessee – 
You think about stuffing Josh Allen on fourth down. You yep. think about the win they had versus Kansas City, where they won 27-3. You think about those big moments, and you ignore the fact that Ryan Tannehill has been pretty trashy ever since Derrick Henry got hurt. And you, you mentioned it, the A.J. Brown injury and stuff like that. So it, it is difficult to like take that stuff out of our brain. I think the reverse is also true. We We tend to focus on negative highlights a lot, and that can – force us away from a lot of players like Lamar Jackson after his rookie year there were a lot of negative highlights on Lamar and that led to a lot of people undervaluing him undervaluing the Ravens that next year so just trying to find a way to like balance out you know don't focus too much on the positives don't focus too much on the negative highlights and trying to focus on that median expectation and go from there based on that and you know just kind of trying to ignore the stuff that sticks out most in our brain which is very tough to do Jim one team that is Gotten my money all season long as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like everybody, they bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But once again, I'm looking at them. They are on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, it's nothing to write home about. A lot of road favorites this week as well. But they're 10.5-point yeah. favorites against the Falcons. And I will say this. I think what the, the Buccaneers are 1-5 against the spread on the road this year. That scares me. But the Buccaneers are also getting healthier. But this Falcons team, they are not great. But when Cordell Patterson is back there, I mean, just throw out everything that you know about the Falcons. They are a, a different offense. They are a different team. What would you do in this game? Because I love the Buccaneers, but they've, they're also playing games closer than I, I'm used to seeing from, you know, Tom Brady, Gronk, and the rest of these guys. Yeah, I bet Tampa Bay last week, and it was not a fun ride. Not I a fun tell ride. You that. No, yeah. it, was, uh, it was not enjoyable. I was not having a good time. Obviously, it worked out. But, like, they didn't play well. I mean, Brady, the first half of that game, he – I, I was kind of close to writing that off as a loss because he just didn't look good. Yeah. And then eventually they got some good turnovers and turnovers to be very fluky. So you look at the situation, you ask yourself, okay, how does Atlanta compare to Indianapolis? Can it, Atlanta's defense force Tom Brady into the same mistakes that we saw from him in the first half? It could happen because a lot of those were unforced errors. It wasn't just the Indy defense that was forcing Brady into those bad throws. But I look at the Atlanta defense, and I think that that's kind of the side of the ball that I focus on. It's very hard for me to envision a situation where Atlanta slows down Tampa Bay. I don't know if I can lay 11, I, I, you know, 10 and a half, and right. that's a really big number. So it's not so betting big. Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah, but, like, I think my concerns around the Atlanta offense, I agree, Cordero does elevate them, and having Kyle Pitts there is definitely a good thing. But I don't know if that offensive line holds up versus this pass rush, and I think that's the reason why, to me, it winds up being a situation where I can't quite get to back in Atlanta here. I'd love to talk about this Monday night game with you as well, Jim, because this is exactly – I can already see this being exactly what we talked about before. Patriots, Bills, really quickly, Patriots, two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Buffalo. Buffalo has been struggling. Patriots have been consistent. What is your feel for this game? I think it's a very efficient line, and I want to stay away from it because my numbers have been low on both these teams all year, lower than consensus, I should say, because when you adjust for opponents, Mac Jones hasn't done a ton. Like, he's faced a lot of softer opponents. He did play pretty, I mean, like, from a numbers perspective. He had some mistakes last week, but, like, the numbers on him were actually probably better than they've been most of the year, whereas the Bills, when they face tough defenses, we've seen some blemishes. So I think it's a stay away. I just want to sit back and kind of enjoy this one. I don't want to have money against Josh Allen. I don't want to fruit against Mac Jones. So I think I'm going to just enjoy this game and see how it unfolds. Because to me, I think that two and a half is a very efficient number. Jim, you have 30 seconds. I'm going to give you six names. I need you to pick one for MVP. And I'm going to give you the odds really quickly. Brady plus 275, Josh Allen plus 450, A-Rod plus 750, Mahomes 
plus 800, Kyler Murray plus 800, Dak Prescott 10 to 1. MVP of the season, your money goes to. Give me Dak Prescott, 10 to 1. I think Whoa. that with the with the way this offense operates, with uh, getting their guys healthy again, the offensive line healthy, I feel like the Cowboys finish on a high note. Great story. High-profile team. Give me Dak there. Whoa. Leave it to, G- to Jim because if he wins MVP, he's definitely got the AP Comeback Player <laughs> of the Year. So we, I got to see the last AP Comeback Player of the Year and MVP winning the same year. That'd be interesting to see. Jim, thank you so much for thank joining the so show. Much. First time on the show, but man, I would love to, and we would love to have you yep. back as much as you'd like to come on. So thank you for joining us, big dog. I would love to do it. Appreciate it. Thank you both. Have a great night. You, you too. too. That's Jim Sinus of a number fire, and he is really good, knows his stuff, even handwrites his models. A lot of people use those computer models. Sometimes you got to go back to the old pencil. And I don't even, I want to see that. That'd be interesting. <laughs> I want to see it. hope he has like a whiteboard or like a book. Listen, uh, or, you uh, got to show me the notebook. I got to see need it. it. I hope it's in like white, like college rule. Listen, uh, I need to see that. That was Jim Sinus on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Now, to get $15 off your first month, now. that's GetRoman.com slash BetQL.